The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome to Old Space Show. I am Brandon, and Riding Shotgun here with me is Tony. Hi, everybody. I wish that Tony was a cool acronym, a T-O-N-Y. I can't make up anything <laughs> on the fly, so it's just my name. No big deal. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, this year, maybe I'll find one for you by the end of this. I uh, love it. <laughs> All right. This series of Old Space Show will follow the exploits of a man in his car. In the first season of Knight Rider. Today, we are here to discuss the third episode, the second aired episode, Syndication Somatics, episode three, uh, Deadly Maneuvers. After giving a lift to a woman to an army base, Michael investigates her father's death and discovers a plot to sell nuclear weapons. All right, this one's directed by Paul Stanley. Uh, action TV show guy done Charlie's Angels, Fall Guy, MacGyver. Written by Glenn Larson. Uh, William Schmidt, who writes 11 episodes of this sh- and writes or produces 11 episodes of the show, currently producing Yellowstone, the show that everybody watches that I don't. Um, by, and Bob Shane, who writes a lot of 80s TV, like, Murder, She Wrote, Spencer for Hire, Heart to Heart, Magnum P.I., starring David Hasselhoff, Edward Mulhair, Pat, Patricia McPherson, Alan Oppenheimer, Devin Erickson, um, uh, Alan Williams, and Tom Gillerin. So we add our third lead to this, Patricia McPherson is Bonnie. Yeah, which... it's interesting. And she kind of comes out of left field, like when... She's introduced. She's only introduced in. She's in one scene of mm-hmm. this uh, episode when when Kit needs some mobile repairs and they drive him into yep. the semi turned auto shop that they have. And uh, Hasselhoff, uh, Michael Knight, gets out of the car and acts like he instantly recognizes her. He's like, "Hey, you two. I'm like, who's this person? Like, she's literally never been on this series before. Like, did I, we shoot this out of order? What I, did we do wrong here? <laughs> I, I have a feeling that in whatever production blocks they shot, this was not the intended third episode. And I think I see back, that. back then it's a procedural show with no real continuity between episodes that yep. they might've thought this was more entertaining than what they had at third to try to hook people and bump this there. Because yeah, a lot of this feels like some time has passed and we missed out on some things because there's right. like conversations with Michael and Kit where they've had this like relationship and like, apparently like Kit's like, because uh, Michael comes across this woman s- stranded in her by her car uh, after the opening scene of this, and Kit makes a thing about him picking up ladies all the time. Right? Or, or is this going to be another thing? And right, well, yeah, according to what we've seen, this is the second time. Like there is no pattern here yet. But right. Obviously, like you said, yes, there is an, a pattern that's been established. So and Devin yeah, I can says see some that, things. So. De- he says some things too. That's like. Like this should be like episode six, maybe yeah. you know. 
Uh, right. But, but like you said, when the episodes are self-contained and don't really, yeah, don't really thread together, like you don't reference anything here mm-hmm. that would have happened before. So, yeah, what do they care? What what order it gets, uh, you know, put out as, I suppose. So Right. Or maybe they just wanted to throw in Bonnie like, hey, just pretend she's always been here. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very interesting thing, too, because this is at least to us now, this being the, the the third episode, this is the first time that the recurring, I don't know if you call it a gag or a theme or whatever, but the, the recurring issue of Kit damaging his alpha circuit comes mm. into play like that. You know, it happens, uh, you know, several times here throughout the season. So maybe that's why they maybe they wanted to bump up this episode and oh, put it, yeah. you know, early to be like, hey, look, this is a thing that happens all the time or whatever. I, I have no idea if that's the case, but I know that that kind of becomes a theme. And this is the first time that we as the viewer are exposed to it. That's true. Yep. Very, yeah. That kind of a start the thread line right after the big movie thing that probably, yeah, good idea. Oh, what a what a fun follow up to the made for TV movie that ended up being uh, eventually rejiggered into the two part yes. uh, premiere or whatever. But like this is a great follow. Like uh, we were talking last week, uh, you know, there was such a huge production value on that first yep. on, um, you know, Night of the Phoenix that you're like, surely there's going to be a drop off. And this one honestly wasn't much of a drop off. Still good action. Still a lot of. A very interesting espionage plot where they don't explain everything to you right away. You really right. have to stick with the story to get it. So I was very impressed with this one, too. One one cool feature kit you can do is play video games inside of it. Yeah, so who knew? Yeah, cutting edge Atari. Yeah, Michael was just jamming his joystick yeah. like, uh, you know, like as as a average video gamers want to do, just mash some buttons or right. button singular, I guess, on the Atari joystick, if you will. So, Which yeah, might- I mean, they, you know. Yeah, yeah, they they went out of their way to show that Kit can do, you know, look how tech forward he is, right? Like he's got video games on and, and it made for a nice funny gag where they were like, mm-hmm. Michael, you're going to crash if you go too fast. And you think they're talking about Kit and they're talking right. about what a, a pole position or whatever he's playing. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. So th- this uh, this whole this whole episode deals with the thing with uh, some guy at a military base finds some weird paint on something and he ends up getting killed, like run off the road and killed. Uh, the person that Michael picks up is his daughter. She doesn't think, or, like they, they ruled it a suicide, right? Something like uh, that. Or, they ruled it an accident. Accident, accident, yeah, that's his, right. His Jeep accidentally drove off the ravine, even though he drives that road every day to work. And as Michael and his daughter quickly reconstruct the accident, mm-hmm. they realize that from, uh, from the way he be- Yes, from the way he'd be coming, he would have just rolled into the uh, to the non cliff side of the mountain, and he just would have bounced off the hill instead of mm-hmm. falling to his death. So yeah, so yeah, very clearly they could tell that it was uh, some sort of a cover up going on here. So right, so yeah, he teams up with her to to solve this mystery, which is off course from what Michael's supposed to be doing. Um, but uh, the girls all gung ho for it. Her name is uh, Robin Ladd. Which is like she's supposed to be like Cheryl Ladd and Robin. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, but uh, I love. She's. They have the line like, "Sorry, you can take the girl out of West Point, but you can't." Uh. <laughs> like, all right, all right. Um, and and such a such a weird thing too, because like I I obviously I like and appreciate the military theme, but yeah, when she shows up 
she, well, first of all, when Michael discovers her, she's driving a, a total junker that's on the side of the road. But she's like, I'm on active duty and I'm heading to the military base. I'm like, to shouldn't you be dad. in a Jeep or, yeah, or something? So, yeah. And then, yeah, she goes to see her dad and she's like, I'm going to surprise him in his office. And she goes in and they're like, ooh, didn't anybody tell you he's dead? I'm like, what? This is not the way that the army communicates things. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I, I do like... Uh... Michael tells her he's like an insurance man, which like inadvertently plays into his uh, uh, tactical research because they're like, well, he used to figure out people are lying about insurance and stuff. So he, he'd he be a good investigator. Um, but she does find a casing, a shell casing, uh, which helps him like be like, ooh, there's a shell casing around military bases. Right. Yeah, it's crashed. So that's got to mean, yeah. Um, but he's being the funny thing goes he's being watched by the military guys while he's doing it, and the guy goes, "What do you think, Sarge?" And the guy's like, "I think it might be time for another funeral." Oh, <laughs> Very ominous. Oh, love those ominous one-liners. one-liners. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there is a, a wonderful hokey moment where Michael, to do research, pays. She's trying to get inside the military facility, which he can't do, and. He takes over this food stand for this guy. He pays him a bunch and tells him, like, hey, just let him know. Tell him I'm your cousin when they ask you about it. And it's played. Oh, more music. Ricky, Steely Dan. Ricky, don't lose that number. Just That's playing right. right there. Yeah. Um, just out in the open. And so he wears this stupid hat and puts on, like, he's really, he's, like, trying to convince people he's really working this stand, which, like, nobody in the fucking world, but they buy it. Uh, and they're like and he's like trying to deliver stuff and he ends up getting taken to be questioned in this room and randomly on the desk is the earnest lad file which thank goodness right so yeah up to that point i was giving them i was giving the show full credit because like you you know when you go put yourself in a situation like this like the army guys like you know and you want to infiltrate like a lot of times it's very easy to make them look like bumbling idiots and things like that. But no, I mean, they, they glommed onto him right away. They took him into custody. They sat him down the general who interrogated him knew a lot of information, went through his wallet and was like, why do you have a business card that says you sell insurance and that you do this? And like, they were very like suspicious and onto him right yeah. away. It ended up getting cleared by that very thin, like they went and talked <laughs> yeah. to the guy who owns the cart. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's my, that's my nephew. And like, okay, um, you said he was uncle Sanj and that's yeah. good enough for us, I guess. So, so yeah, but they were doing so well, but yes, then conveniently the one piece that he needed was <laughs> not only on the desk, but the two guards who were in the room with him guarding yeah. him both conveniently looked away at the same time to eat right. candy bars so he could slide it and take candy it. Yeah, bars, super. Yep. Super convenient. So, uh, and and very clear on my rewatch when he gave the general on his way out, he gives the general a Snickers. They yeah. cu- they took a piece of paper and covered the Snickers logo just enough to avoid oh, whatever copyright. Yeah. It, I can see like the NIC of Snickers, and that's it. So, like, oh, it's generic candy. Have have this generic candy bar, please, sir. Gosh. Thank you so much. So, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so I, I want to say this about um, David Hasselhoff here as Michael Knight. I don't know yes. if it's intentional or not, but I'm loving that Michael Knight kind of has this Bruce Campbell as Ash type, sh- like schmuck kind of thing going on. Sure, it's not like I, I my memory serves like like David Hasselhoff was cool and this like badass kind of in this, but he's goofy. Like 
this is some like I I can watch this guy week to week because he's still like he's un like he, he looks like he takes himself seriously, but he also is like a good straight man in comedy situations, and he's like yeah. I, I it's that's what it reminded me of of like Bruce Campbell in the Evil Dead movies and stuff because I'm like like he he's all like yeah I'm cool but like you're not <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a great reminder that Michael Knight formerly Michael Long is a mm-hmm. relatively an every man like he's not like he wasn't trained in like super secret espionage mm-hmm. yes last episode we we established that he knows Kung Fu and things like that, but he was just a, he was a police officer. Great. Right. He was a good police officer. Cause he was in undercover stings and things like that, but he is far from like a trained assassin. Right, CIA yeah. agent. He's just a regular guy that happened to have his face messed up and perfectly reconstructed and is now able to do things that other guys can't in yeah. terms of, you know, going to places and things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice reminder and it helps keep the show kind of grounded, which is, which is, which is nice. So he's, a, he's like a tall, you know, kind of built oaf that it it's funny to watch. Like I, like I have to, I got to credit Hasselhoff cause he's doing a hell of a job with this, like probably not on paper comedic role that is, just working for me a lot. Like I really enjoy watching this guy in this role, which is not something I, I, I expected just like, uh, like a more Baywatch us Castlehoff type performance here, but uh, yeah. in, in like eighties goofiness, but this is a whole nother level. Like this type of actor, he'd be like doing big business nowadays. Like this is kind of oh, ahead, ahead of its time stuff here. Um, yeah. with Michael Knight. Um, yeah, it's another one of those like we talked about in, in in the last episode. It's one of those kind of perfect combination of like great casting. He had good. Mm-hmm. He has great enigma with Kit, even though Kit right. is just a you know, disassociated voice in his car. Like they they kind of banter together very well. It's very fun to kind of see that. And as these episodes progress, you get the feeling that both of them <clears throat> are not perfect right like right. even kit is supposed to be like this supercomputer car he's got some like insecurities he's not sure how to talk to michael like his alpha circuit breaks down because he tows a car and he's not yeah, supposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. even though he gives he in stuff yeah right like he didn't want to do that michael was like kit come on do it like who's gonna talk a supercomputer into doing something apparently michael knight is so um and it was an interesting little sidebar on the trivia too when they had that opening scene where Michael met Robin and the car was broken down. And mm-hmm. Michael's like, Hey, we're going to kit. We're going to tow this car. And he's like, you can't be serious. And they're like, no, yeah. get ready to tow it. And then it immediately cuts to both cars are at the military base. And they're like, well, that's that we towed it. So right. they actually did shoot scenes of, of, of the trans am towing, but it kept breaking down. So they had to oh. scrap that whole part. And they're like, we're just going to have to go right to the end. Forget it, forget it, forget it. So it was a very interesting way that they had to kind of skip that part essentially so the, <laughs> the car wouldn't agree with them, so. exactly <laughs> yeah uh, so there's a scene where like uh michael and robin are coming out of this diner obviously having compared over a meal but michael's like well that certainly was food <laughs> it's such it's a like weird throwaway of- <laughs> line yeah <laughs> just he's like oh i feel like like eat at this diner um, right. And act like you're some health nut who just happened to stop into some junk mm-hmm. food palace. It's a regular old diner. So oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So we um, you mentioned the towing and we talked about the semi earlier. But Devin also he has the line, like I said, another production. Like he said, I can no longer fund your wild goose chases. Like 
This is our first wild goose chase he's been on. <laughs> yeah. Let the man have a, a few gooses like, to chase. Like, yeah. What has happened here? Um, <laughs> so apparently the plot of this, and let me tell me if I'm wrong, Tony, is like that what they uncover is there's nukes and the bad guys, the military guys that are in on this are painting the nukes the color of munition stuff. And they're selling yes. it to very that's, bad people around the world. Right, very vague on that front, but yeah, that's how they are essentially smuggling. No, no word on how they get the nuclear weapons to begin with. Yeah, but yes, it's it's very thanks to a very uh, plain and overbearing poster in the munitions depot. You can tell that the munitions that have a blue stripe on them are the general. Uh, they're armor-piercing munitions, right? And if it has a yellow stripe on it, those well, those are the nuclear weapons that may just be hanging around. But yes, they are painting. Essentially, the bad army guys are painting the yellow stripes blue with regular old like Sherwin Williams mm-hmm. style paint, and right. that's how Robin's dad got caught. He was in the munitions looking around, apparently put his hand in the blue paint. He it's, it, gasp, and yes. then tried to <laughs> drive away with that information. And they ran him off the road and killed him like that. You don't find that out until later because they did a fairly decent job. The writers did of keeping you wondering like who's good, who's bad, what's going on. They did a pretty good whodunit type of episode here. So I I appreciate the writing that went into play, even though some of the details are, you know, kind of, kind of basic at the end, but it is what it is. So, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, Robin gets ends up getting arrested and then they stick her in a uh, testing facility for a, a shooting a place where they shoot off bombs and stuff. Michael heads to the rescue out there with Kit getting shot at. And my gosh, it feels huge. again. like these action scenes. Yeah. Are not like we're sorry. We're television. They, they don't need excuses. They're actually impressive. There's a lot of explosions and Kit drive like, and just feels like the open area desert that they're in um like kit gets attacked um there's a funny line happened uh michael's like kit they're shooting at us and he goes thank you michael but i noticed that myself <laughs> yeah yeah very some very droll back and forth when uh they then later uh in that same scene they came to a stop to rescue robin and then when they got back in the car michael gets in and he goes hit it and he goes kit goes oh i wish you wouldn't use phrases like that you know like very droll right. kind of like like haha buddy buddy back and forth stuff yes. but but it's, it's fun to establish the rapport um i like it and yeah. I, yeah and i also appreciate in this scene they're also uh establishing that even kit is not a hundred percent sure of like his capabilities because they said that he's allegedly like an indestructible car nothing can penetrate his you know his his outer hull and things like that but as they're driving through this test field michael's like do you think you can handle all this if we take a direct hit right. it's like oh no maybe i'm not really sure so so yeah they they kind of established that, that we really don't know like kit's limits here mm-hmm. um and there was one point whether it was intentional or not it, it could have been like a side effect of the practical stunts but there's one point that kit does get hit and you can see like the car turns off quickly and is pretty much on fire on the driver's side before I right. cut away real quick. It's like, Ooh, something happened there, but, uh, no big deal. So <laughs> it's in the dailies. Um, yeah, there, there's a, there's an interesting spot at the end of this, uh, at the end of this scene too, mm-hmm. where, um, and it, 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 it ended up feeling like a throwaway bit, but I wonder if they had more planned for it because the, 
as they're shooting this stuff, uh, um, as they're doing the target practice and shooting off the rounds, one of the army guys calls and he's like, we need more rounds Call the munitions guy. And it's very like, Oh, wink, wink. They're going to the munitions depot right. where the nuclear bombs are. And then yeah. they cut to the vehicle there. And they're like, bring those armor piercing rounds, which we've established yes. are really nuclear bombs. Yes. And then they show up at the range with them and they're like, here they are. And they put a box on the ground and then Kit slams into the box immediately. I'm like, it's going to blow. Ah. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing. I'm like, what are you, why did you set yeah. us up like that? What are you thinking? <laughs> I thought it was going to be fallout, but, uh, but maybe no. they'd switched them back. <laughs> that was the key that they switched them back and they were apparently editions. so. Okay. Everything's back to normal now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Kick does show off his rocket booster, which is just him farting out of flame. <laughs> rocket booster. Right. Because oh, there's yeah. three heat seeking missiles coming right. at him. He's like, Get that rocket booster ready. It's just a flamethrower, but yeah. whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the plan, Michael charges the attackers. One pulls out a nuke, but then it's over. He says, and his like little like Bond one-liners, I think you just lost your pension. Uh, that It was such a dramatic thing because, yeah, first, so the general who you didn't know was in on the nuclear right. stuff until the very end, right. and that's like the final twist. Like, he's the bad guy because he tells... He talks to Michael. Michael calls him and Michael yeah. tells him the plot. And he's like, thank you, Mr. Knight. You're a very brave man. And then he immediately gets on the horn and he's like, there's a black car on the range. This yep. is an unmanned drone. The first person to kill it gets a three day weekend. And everybody's yep. like, woo. So, so yeah, but then he tries to, I can't tell he gets in a vehicle with a soldier and he's like, just drive. And I can't tell if he's trying to get away or go somewhere, but he doesn't go very far. Kit stops him. And then, yeah, they pull him out. They get the terrible one-liner. Not only that, but then Robin is standing next to him. And she's like, she looks like she's about to cry. Like, she can't figure it out. And she pulls his rank pips off his collar so dramatically. I'm like, oh, my God. And he just stands there and takes it. You know, whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, you. I would have got away with it if not for you darn kids. So. Cars. Yeah, you and your car. <laughs> your kids and your cars. Um, so then, like, at the end of us all, like... Um, Devin's all heated up. He's like, another Michael Knight situation. Total confusion, mass destruction, all in good cause, of course, yet without the slightest regard. He's like, uh, uh, yes, another part of his pattern, a young lady who innocently causes. And um, but that Right. So they're, yeah, they're very heavy on the patterns, kind of mm -hmm. leading to the fact that this is this was likely not intended to be the second episode. Um, not only that, but this is the only episode outside of the pilot episode, which we did last week, where there is no opening narration by right. um, Richard Basehart. So my guess is there was narration, but that may have tried to tie into another episode that hadn't oh, aired yet. Maybe they pulled yeah. it out and they're like, okay, well this, because every, literally every other episode in the, in the series has that has opening that narration, yeah. except for this one. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the president calls the military and wants to talk to somebody. And Michael's like, well, this, you said I did this on my own. Right. And he's like, yeah, he's like, and all the, and, and then Michael wants to take the call from the president, but Devin takes the call and he, he, he wants to take all the credit for this whole thing. Got to keep it, got to keep it lighthearted there with the Devin. Like, yeah, no, that's easy. It's, it's all you. I disavow everything. Ooh, the president's on the line. Gimme, gimme. Yeah. Right, so yes. very, Fun, fun, of course. So, <laughs> and then uh, at the end, uh, very eighties thing, we see Kit has a Go Army bumper sticker. 
Uh, yeah, nice. like somebody defaced the car or whatever, but right. But they, you know, maybe that was like a, you know, like a sir, like a like an homage to servicemen type of thing. But yes, it's the camera goes in and lingers for a, a several, like way too long mm-hmm. on the bumper sticker. But you know, it's all in good fun, of course. So <laughs> right, but yeah, this uh, I enjoyed this one too. I yeah, yeah, it shows showing out better than I anticipated. Like I'm just like oh. They're actually pretty cl- more clever with this than I think people rather. Oh, guy in a stock car does stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's right. actually a pretty, I mean, it had some hamperings because the you know, trappings of TV and having to wrap things up in like a 45 minute span. There's some, you know, yep. you know, people, some people understand you have to do some point A to B quick shortcuts and stuff sometimes. But um, I, I really, this one, I really enjoyed the character of Michael Knight. Uh, if he's gonna be like this every week, this doofy bastard that goes around with his car and does stuff, I'm like, holy crap, this is this works. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a show with a premise that here 40 years later, like we talked about last week, is is very mundane. Like, ooh, talking car, smart car, it does things for you, like hot mm-hmm. dog, like you know. But you know, it it holds up well because I think you can feel their excitement back in the day of how this was so different. Like everyone right. is incredulous. Like even like there's a, there, there's a spot here where Kit, like Michael jumps out of the car to go chase some of the bad army guys. And he's like, Kit, go get those two that are running away. And Kit oh, just yeah. pin, Kit, Kit gently pins them against a wall. Right. But they're like looking at it like there's no driver, but, the, but they don't come out and say the stupid stuff. Like there's no driver. Do you see that car? Oh there's yeah, that's there. true. Yeah, no that- driver. They, you know, it's implied that they can tell by their facial expressions, but you, you know, so it's it's got a good vibe. You can feel at the time how groundbreaking and how unique mm-hmm. this situation of Kit's mere existence really was. Right, right, and and again, the the cinematography on here is big and feels, I don't know, feels much a level a step above a lot of stuff from the era on television then in 82 and a lot of like 90s stuff as well. Like it's, I mean, they're picking, they're not picking any like incredible places to shoot at, but they're shooting them well when they are there. Like it's, it's yes. And for, for things that are like on the move and got to shoot fast, got to move. We got a schedule. We're doing 22 episodes this year. Um, It's pretty impressive so far. We'll see if it, if it ever plateaus or anything like that. But right now it's, yeah, it's on a good level. Um, yeah, I appreciate it because the, uh, so many sci-fi shows, especially back in the day had the premise where like, Oh, you know, we've got to get to an alien planet or we got to get to this strange mm-hmm. world. And so you have to create on a sound stage. You have to try yes. to create this brand new environment and obviously budget constraints and things like that won't always let you do it. This show the the science fiction aspect is in what is happening to mundane everyday objects yes. not the setting so they're able to set in real world locations but have fantastical things happening because of this fantastical machine so it's got a very unique vibe especially for the time of science fiction shows yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so i'm very excited to keep going on uh through this this season uh yeah. to hassle more hoff here absolutely <laughs> so tony let's shift gears and look on toward the sunset before we hit the horizon where can people find you yeah, you can come hang out with me. Uh, I do a lot of my writing as the senior editor of sciencefiction.com. So you can pop over there for news and reviews and we can chat over there. If you want to talk to me directly or argue about nerdy stuff, you can find me on any of the social medias simply by searching 
Tony Schaub. Simple and easy. Even Truth Social? Well, maybe not that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you search for that one, you'll probably end up with my profile from like Farmers Only, but just you can just disregard that. So there we fine. go. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brad4KUHD, written work at com. Monday, Tim Burton, retrospective, keeps on trucking, and right be here Wednesday for another exciting boy in his car, uh, leather jackets, tight jeans, and boots with red <laughs> turtlenecks, uh, feathered hair, episode of Knight Rider. Uh, but from Old Space, Brandon and Tony, not so lone crusaders in a dangerous world, the world of Old Space Show. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>